Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up his name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. In the United States of America, there are 270 million people, 70 million which are over the age of 65, which leaves only 200 million people to do all the work. Of the 200 million people, there's 120 million people under the age of 20, which leaves just 80 million people to do all of the work. It might surprise you to note there are 35 million Uh, United States government employees, which brings the number down to just 45 million people left to do all the work. There are 5 million people in the United States military, which brings us down to just 40 million people. There are 25 million city, state, county employees across the United States, which now we're down to just 15 million people to do all the work. You can deduct 14,800,000 people that are on welfare, which leaves only 200,000 people left to do all of the work. There are approximately 188,000 people in hospitals around the United States of America, which leaves just 12,000 people left to do all the work. It might interest you to note that there are 11,988 people in jail today, which means there's only two people left to do all of the work. It's you and it's me. And personally, I'm tired of doing all the work myself, just so you know. Some of those numbers are skewed, just so you know. Uh, In the Bible, if you looked at it and searched, you would find names of people that are mentioned only one time. Names that are hidden, so to speak. Uncommon names, uncommon people, where they receive no fanfare, no applause, no kudos. There are people in the Bible, their names are there. There's never, ever been a sermon written about them. Oh, everybody's heard of Samson. How many of you have heard of Samson? Yeah, everybody's heard of that guy. Everybody's heard of Noah. Everybody's heard of Joseph. Everybody's heard of Mary, the Virgin Mary. We've heard of John the Baptist. We've all heard of Paul the Apostle. But tucked away in the Bible are all kinds of people. When you see their name, you ask, well, who's that? Maybe you're reading a genealogy or some obscure passage. And if you'll just stop for just a moment and look at that name, 
you would discover, write this down in your notes, that some of the lesser-known people in the Bible did some very, very significant things. One of such names in the Bible, you might not have ever heard of him. Oh, I'm sure you've read the Bible many times and you just skipped right over his name. Again, you've heard of Daniel, you've all heard of Moses, you've all heard of Peter, you've all heard of John, and you've all heard of David. But have you ever seen this name? I just want to put it on the screen, Tertius. I want you to write his name down. Tertius was a scribe. That was his occupation. That was his trade. Tertius was a scribe. Now in the Bible, it's made up of 66 books written by 40 different authors. One of those 40 authors, I want you to write his name down, is Paul the Apostle. Paul was an author. Now I have up here with me a copy of the New Testament. This is not a complete Bible. This is just the New Testament. And the New Testament has 27 books in it. It's comprised of 27 books, the New Testament. We believe that Paul wrote half, as an author, he wrote half of this book. We know that he wrote 13 letters. We believe that he wrote 14. But in order to understand Tertius as a scribe, you must first know something about the Apostle Paul as an author who wrote half of the New Testament. There are many people believe, and I believe it, I want you to write this down, that Paul had poor eyesight. He couldn't see very well. He had poor vision. I want you to think about this 2,000 years ago. If you had poor vision, they didn't have glasses back in those days. They didn't have LASIK surgery. Hadn't been invented yet. Back in Paul's day, if you had bad vision, you had bad vision. There are many who say, well, how do you know he had poor vision? Well, there's all kinds of verses if you read. And there are people that have studied all of his letters, and they find these little things. Oh, that, that, that looks like he doesn't see very well. You say, well, show me a couple. Well, here's one in Galatians 4.15. You might have skipped over this too. Paul wrote these words. I can testify that if you could have done so, why, you would have torn out your own eyes and given them to me. Well, why would he say something like that if he didn't have poor eyesight? It's very obvious there are some people that believe in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, where Paul prayed three times to remove this thorn from my side, that it wasn't an actual thorn in his side. Uh, That thorn was some type of physical ailment. And there are many scholars who believe that the physical ailment that Paul prayed that God would solve was this problem with his vision. We have this verse too in Galatians 6, verse 11. Uh, Paul writes, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Well, why would you use big letters? Well, the only reason you do that is because you can't see very well. What's the point? Here's the point. Oftentimes we say, oh, such and such wrote one of the books of the Bible. But many times that author would only dictate the letter while he was being led by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course. The author would dictate the letter, and he would speak to the scribe, and he would say, Scribe, write this down. Scribe, record this letter. Here we go. And the scribe would get his pen, he would get his inkwell, he would get his parchment, and he would begin to write. And in our story today, in the power of one, it's the story of Tertius, a scribe. He is our illustration today, and most of you here today have never even heard of the guy. 
I want to tell you his story. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. This book, this letter, Romans, is considered by some to be the greatest letter that has ever been written in the history of the world. I want you to think about that. There have been a lot of letters written throughout the centuries. But there are those who believe that what I'm holding here in my hand is perhaps the greatest letter that has ever been written in the history of the world. And write this down in your notes. Paul was the one who wrote this. And it was addressed to the Christians that lived in Rome. When Paul wrote this, he had not yet gone to Rome. He'd always envisioned himself going to Rome. He wanted to go to Rome because it was a large city and Paul always wanted to take the gospel to the large cities as well as the small cities. You say, well, how do you know this? Well, look at the very first verse, Romans 1, verse 1, the first word, Paul. There it is. A servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Verse 2, the gospel that he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And then if you skip down to verse 7, there it is, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be what? Saints. And he begins writing this letter. And if you read all 16 chapters, it is a relentless stream of divine truth. It is considered a theological jewel with powerful conclusions. The most significant letter of all of Paul's writings. It is the longest letter of all of Paul's writings. It is the deepest letter of all of Paul's letters. It helps shape the Reformation movement uh, in, the, in the world. It identifies our need for salvation. It explains our need for grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It provides the impetus in the church for revival and renewal. Its mandates are universal. Paul's letter to the Romans is considered to be a masterpiece. And understandably, he gets all the credit because he's a man of God, he's an educated man, he's anointed of God, and he authors the greatest letter ever to be written. But I want you to turn back to chapter 16. Go all the way back to the very last chapter. And at the end, you have a list of all these names that usually you just skip right over. And I, won't, I, I can't read all of them to you, but they're there. And... Uh, in verse 3, you, you have, I'll show you a few, Priscilla and Aquila. Everybody say Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Down in verse 6, you have a woman named Mary. And then you have names in verse 7. You have names in verse 8. You have names in verse 9. In verse 10, he says, greet Apelles, tested and approved in Christ, and greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. That's another, another name, Aristobulus. Down in verse 13, there's a guy named Rufus. Everybody say Rufus. That's probably your next door neighbor, Rufus. Chosen in the Lord and his mother who's been a, a, like a mother to me. Verse 16, there's no names in there, but it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Everybody kiss everybody. Come on. Mm, a blow kiss to everybody. I, 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 one day I'm going to preach a sermon just on that verse. You come to church, I'm gonna, we're going to have a whole sermon just on kissing one another. Okay, okay. Let me skip that. Verse 21, 
There's a guy named Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you, as does Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my relatives. We have all these names, but here it is in verse 22. Look who shows up in the verse tw- at the very end of the book. I, Tertius, who wrote down this what? In other words, Tertius was the guy, Tertius was the scribe, when Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, was dictating this divine-inspired book of Romans, Tertius was the guy that actually wrote it down line by line, word by word, letter by letter, just so you could have a copy of it. And I want you to think about this, that this one book in the Bible that is considered to be the most important letter in the entire Bible is in our hands today, partially due to the unique talent and underappreciated scribe by the name of Tertius. And I want you to think for just a moment. Think about all the sermons that have ever been preached from the book of Romans. Think about all the passages of the Bible that have been studied or read in the book of Romans. Think about all the people that have been saved because of the book of Romans. Think about all the Christians that have ever been encouraged by the book of Romans over the past 2,000 years, and we owe it all to a lowly scribe by the name of Tertius that none of you have even, even heard of. Friday night, here in this building, we had baby dedication service. We dedicated over 100 babies. We read every one of their names. Not one of them was named Tertius. But I'm expecting next year at baby dedication that we have several babies by the name of Tertius. Can someone say amen? amen? Turn your outline over. I want to give you several lessons. When I studied this guy, I looked at this guy, Tertius, and it's, 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 his name is there at the back of the book. I, Tertius, the scribe, was the one who wrote this down. There were several things that came to my mind that ne- we need to learn. Number one, write this down. Sometimes you need to know that you're not the guy. You're not the guy. What I mean by that is sometimes you're not the guy who makes the impressioned, impassioned, braveheart speech that inspires a nation. Sometimes you're not the hero who wins the football game. Sometimes you're not the basketball player that knocks down the game-winning shot. Sometimes you're not the leading actor or the leading actress uh, playing in the starring role. Sometimes you're not the pastor that is burdened with leading a church of thousands. Sometimes you're the guy who helps the guy. Sometimes you're the person that helps the gal. And in many of our stories in this series, The Power of One, we see heroes who trusted God, who made decisions that had a massive impact. But sometimes you're not the hero. You're not the leading character of the movie. I want you to write this down. Sometimes you're just the sidekick. You're the assistant. You're Robin to Batman. You're Piglet to Winnie the Pooh. You're Chewbacca to Han Solo. You're George Costanza to Jerry Seinfeld. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're just the grip. You're just the volunteer. You're the sidekick. 
God might not call upon you to make history-altering decisions or to be the hero of the story. Maybe God is calling you to do something small, but that small part, you doing your small part, is going to make a huge difference in the entire world. King David, is, his name is mentioned 1,139 times. David's name is 1,139 times in the Bible. Tertius' name is only mentioned one time in the entire Bible. And yet, and yet he helped record the greatest letter of all time simply by doing what God called him to do. The letter C, write this down. This is the, this is the lesson. Being faithful at your small task is just as important as the person who gets all of the credit. It's just as important. I have some pictures just to illustrate a few things. This first guy, his name is, uh, this guy's name is Alfonso. Everybody say Alfonso. And uh, he's just a sweet guy. He has been around this church for 16 years, and his job is to help make sure that all the facilities are clean. And uh, this next person is uh, a woman by the name of uh, Kay. Her name's Kay. And uh, I, I, I know a lot of you have no idea who this woman is, but she's been, for 21 years, her job has been to wash all of the towels and the baptismal robes from all the people that have been baptized here at this church for the last 21 years. Hey, hey, if it was up to me, you would all have dirty towels when you went back there. But not Kay. She's got to make sure they're clean. Then we have a group of volunteers that come in every Friday morning. And they come right back. There's a room back here. And they stuff all these bulletins. That's what they're doing. It's like an a assembly line. And uh, all this stuff, they, they do all this. And they, 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 like to, they won't even pose for a picture. They're just over there working. And nobody knows who they are. Nobody cares. Their big concern is which one of them gets here first in the morning. They like race to get here in the mornings on Friday just so you can have a bulletin. This next picture is a guy named Janelle. And I know you don't know Janelle, but uh, Janelle for the last 15 years has been the guy who's taken out the trash in my office. And my wife, my wife will tell you I'm a hoarder. You couldn't even get into my office had this man not been working in probably the sweetest disposition that I've ever met, Janelle. I want you to thank Janelle just for taking out my trash. This, uh, this next woman is a Tertius. This is Tertius. Uh, her name is Carrie. Carrie, for 21 years, has been the person. Uh, she's the one that types out and puts together all of the PowerPoint, anything that you see up on the screen. For example, this sermon, you don't know this because... You know, we just, you don't count. But this, ser- this sermon has 46 uh, slides to it. And this woman right here for 21 years has been the person who's put every one of those slides together for the last 21 years. And then uh, here's a woman named Susie. And uh, I-, I met this girl when she was like 12 years old in a mall in Des Moines, Iowa. 40 years ago, and uh, she ended up, she got saved, her and her family got saved, and they started coming to my church, she got saved, she went off to Bible college, she met Pastor Sean and married Pastor Sean, and for the last 16 years, that woman right there 
has been in charge of putting together every worship service that has happened here at this church for the last 16 years is because of that woman. And the next slide, the last slide, are these two guys. And uh, this guy on the left is named John, and the guy on the right is named George. George was here last night sitting right down here in front. He had the same shirt on. It was very funny last night. But uh, you say, who in the world are these two guys? And I don't even know if these two guys know each other. I really don't know if they know each other. But in this big church, I get a lot of positive letters, and I get a lot of negative letters. But these two guys, more than anyone in this church over the years, have sent me more positive, encouraging letters from anyone, and they always come at a time when I'm discouraged or I'm not feeling good. These two guys, they don't even know how much they bless me. So I want you to thank John and George. I'm saying, I'm saying, you might not ever get to be on the stage here at the greatest church in the United States of America. But you might be someone that God has called to be in the background that that never gets any applause, no fanfare. You're just faithful at your small task, but your small task is just as important as the person who gets all of the credit. I just want you to know. The fourth lesson that comes in the form of a question, Tertius played one small but important part in making the gospel available for all people. So the fourth point is a question, what role are you playing right now that makes the gospel available for everyone in this world? Each and every one of you, there are no exceptions, each and every one of you has a role to play. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, now you are the body of what? You are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. I want to read this to you, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. Now the body, everybody say body, Body. is not made up of one part, but of what? Of many. If the foot should say... Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. What does that mean? That means that if you're sitting here today, and you're thinking, well, this church is so large, they don't need me, little old me. They get along fine without me. That's like the ear saying, I don't need to be a part of the body because of the eye. And the Bible says that that's not true. It doesn't matter how small your role is, your role is important here in this church. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 
888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.